and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Phil, and this is Ross, Phil, and guests. Hold on, what's the podcast called? Ross and Phil Talk Movies. See, I knew it. I knew it. The moment I went away from the usual script, I fucked up straight from the start. <laughs> hmm. This is no longer the podcast now, is it? Or is yes, that going to yes. stay in? Yeah, that will stay in. Yeah, we don't edit anything out. Um, <laughs> so it's not kid friendly. I love that. No, no, absolutely not kid friendly. Um, yeah. Much. Well, it's like me and Ross, really. I mean, let's be honest. Hang yeah, on, let's anything less, Ross. Jessica knows all my secrets. I do. Everyone's uh, secrets. And Jessica, the secrets, I know and the secrets you don't know, I probably know. So maybe oh, we should God. have a chat at some point, right? Because yeah, I think that... No. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone welcome to the podcast so this week um this episode we are celebrating the release of i am vengeance retaliation yes Woo! yes Yay! yeah, yeah. Fine. UK, uk release and ross has wrangled together a a simply amazing cast of guests for this podcast who I'm all looking at, but they can't see me because I forgot that I don't have video. So like, <laughs> I, I'm basically this like mysterious voice. Ross, do you want to introduce our guests? I shall. Uh, and in no particular order, uh, we have Mark Griffin, who plays Frost. He was also in the first movie, the first Vengeance movie. Say hello, Mark. Hello, hello, hello. Lovely to see you all guys. Or not see me in my case. Or not see you, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, you're not missing much. It's fine. <laughs> we also have uh, the delightful Jessica Jane Stafford, who plays Pearl, who is uh, Vinnie ah. Jones' uh, fiancé. Hello, Jessica. Oh, I'm my fiancé today. It kept changing from wife to fiancé. And yeah. nobody well, knew he... what it was anymore. That's true. Well, <laughs> I, think it, I think it became defined when Vinnie said, meet my boys and my beautiful fiancé. So I guess we know. Yes, I think he made that decision, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> amongst many others and, uh, and when he makes that. the decision you just probably i'm guessing that was like right that that's the decision then sure. that's the one i was behind the camera going yep cool. um, <laughs> we also have uh, sam benjamin who plays shapiro one of frost's uh, good guy teams and works closely with uh Stu bennett as john gold in the movie hello sam hello to all the ross and philonites of the world <laughs> oh god is there a name and, for them and I, I have to say <laughs> when, when we get to talking about the film later um a hundred percent like the, the you in your pants is coming up because you said you wanted to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's kind of a major kind of a major spoiler uh, we also have uh, we also have uh, phoebe robinson galvin the equally delightful uh, phoebe robinson galvin who plays uh, lynch who is essentially shapiro's uh, teammate and again works under frost and very closely with Stu as gold in uh, the film say hello phoebe hello hello everyone oh, hello. good to be here and see everyone again apart from you Paul, obviously I can't yeah yeah, that's a that's a that's a tech fail my side, right? Oh, well, there is a beautiful photo of you though, but is that a true reflection of how you actually look? Um, so that was taken last that's year. Rather handsome, isn't it? I, well, that was taken last year, and I have to say, I've probably put on weight, lost weight, and got greyer since then. So you know, but uh, but thank oh. you very much. I, I will take any compliment. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so today, um, well. Today, because I'm I'm 
woefully inept at interviewing people. And Ross knows this, right? I'm like, I'm shocking at interviewing people. Uh, um, Phil, before you go, before you go on, go on, I convinced everyone to come on because you're so we're so good. <laughs> so uh, okay, damn it. Um, because I'm so brilliant at interviewing people, um, we, we are we are gonna do we are gonna do what we usually do and just run our usual format. And then of course at the end we're gonna have a chat because like I, I'm intrigued to find out uh, about the film uh, which I watched this week and I'll, I'll talk to you about that. And um, I'm also intrigued to find out. So 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 we have this amazing cast here. Now I don't know if anyone knows I've worked with Ross once or twice in the past um and more than that Come more on. than that and i'm, I'm intrigued i'm just want to ask one question right um, my, my question is how on, many times do, before, wait, wait, before you ask this question you should probably no. allocate an order of who's gonna how people are gonna oh no, no no i want everyone just to just to pile in on this because i'm sure oh, everyone's well. gonna have an opinion on this one how many times did you hear the expression that was perfect one more oh every time i did a take <laughs> <laughs> Every time I left set. So there's a there's always been a, a running joke with, with Ross, and I, I think I talked about this on last week's podcast. But um, there was a Ross's first film, Left for Dead. There was this little um little stunt of jumping. I got thrown over a uh, kitchen counter, and I was using a trampette because we want to make it look a bit more dramatic than just being thrown over. And I think I did it about six times, and each time it went wrong in one spectacular fashion or another. So I either hit the wall at the back, or I landed on my head, or whatever it was, right? And we finally got what was the take we ended up using. The perfect take, some would say. I cleared the counter. I landed perfectly. It looked great. Um, and then all I could hear is I'm laying on the floor because he said, that was perfect. Let's do another one. And I'm just like, really, Ross? Really? I don't have yes. any. I don't have any part of my back left to do that again. There are chiropractors across the land who are kind of grateful for my behaviour. <laughs> so, so obviously, um, uh, as we as we record this, um, I am Vengeance Retaliation. Uh, I will stop calling it Vengeance Two, as we've been calling it on the podcast for for far too long. Um, it just launched in the, in in the US. Um, and I, we discussed last week on the podcast, a, a lovely, like, great to see a bloody review from Variety. I mean, that was awesome. Right? Um, yeah. So that, that was really cool. Uh, oh, Variety? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know, right? It's like, I was going down, and obviously there's all the standard ones you'd expect to find on, on, on an action film, right? So John's action blog and, and all of these, and they're great. And I was like, Variety? Actually, like, Sam sent me it. Sam, Sam was super excited about it and messaged me like, "See, there's a review. You gotta see it." And then um, read it, and it was such. It was a really positive uh, review, and I was super amped. To see yeah, this. it was. It was. It was a great review, and I think. And and yeah, I think that that's brilliant, right? So I mean, well done, everyone, because you know, I, I watched the film this week, and I think the the one thing I can say about the film, and I said this to Ross, I said you literally couldn't get bored watching it. Uh, because it is non-sodding stop from start to finish. <laughs> it's an 82-minute film that packs in more action than probably three Fast and Furious movies. So, <laughs> so top job. What I was saying. Yeah, you can quote me on that one. So, usual usual format, Ross. So, what we'll do is we will do the last film we watched. Yeah. Um, and that's what we, we always start with that because it's good. We get to see what people have been watching. Now, this could be an old film. It could be a new film. It could be something good or or it could be Artemis Fowl. Um, <laughs> we're, not doing, we're not doing another Artemis Fowl review. Oh, God. Um, so, Ross, let's start with you as my, my co-host. What was the last uh, the last movie you watched? 
Are we doing new and old or just... No, we'll just do the last film because otherwise okay. that's 10 films. That's a lot of films. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, so everybody, the last film I watched was last night uh, and it was actually as part of a group watch on YouTube with some friends uh, run by Chris Regan and so forth. Uh, and uh, it was an incredible 80s movie called Hands of Steel. Hands <laughs> of Steel? It's unbelievably brilliantly... Is it a cooking show? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Mark, honestly, it, if that had been in the film, it wouldn't have been surprising. Because, and I, I won't, obviously, we haven't got a lot of time between us all, but the basic premise is, is we start off seeing this kind of Lorenzo Lamas looking type assassin. It's not uh, Lorenzo not Lamas. Lorenzo Lamas. Okay. Not Lorenzo Lamas, but he, he looks like him. He's like one of the most grimiest, sweatiest people I've ever seen. And he, he basically does an assassination, but then you realise later he hasn't done it for various reasons. And then he's on the run. Uh, and there's acid rain for no reason. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> no, no, it's never explained there's acid rain. Uh, and then he goes to a hotel. He's kind of on the run, so he stops at a hotel. But the hotel is a arm wrestling championship hotel. Yes. With like a point. It is. There's so many. There's so many. Like they're across the States, right? Every, every truck stop. And, and so he kind of gets embroiled with these sort of bad guy arm wrestlers. I don't know how to explain it. And and then there's an agency run by the awesome John Saxon who's sort of chasing after him. And about an hour into the film, you realise that he's a cyborg. There's no explanation. He's a cyborg. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Genuinely sounds like the best film ever. Um, no way. No, no, it was 10 out of 10 amazing because at any stage, like I say, Mark, if there would be a cooking show part of it, you wouldn't have been surprised. And, and it, just, it was amazing. Just to set the tone of the type of film that Amazon, uh, sorry, uh, IMDb thinks this is like, they are <laughs> recommending, as your follow-up, Ross, Hands Are Still, they recommend Blast Fighter. I've seen Blast Fighter. <laughs> I, I, how does that not surprise me? Um, Warriors of the Wasteland, yeah. uh, 2020 Texas Gladiators, Ooh. and Endgame from 1983. There you go, Mark. Yes, <laughs> Gladiators is a... The first one of the day. Um, so, so that is what that sounds it's terrible. It's, a, it's amazing. Brilliant. So let's go to one of our guests first. Uh, let's Ross, you pick. You pick. Who are we going to go? Okay. To well, first? let's go in, in the reverse order of last time. Phoebe, how about going for, your, for the last film you watched? Okay. Well, I haven't really been watching many films. I've been really watching lots of series at the moment. So the last film that I watched was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yeah, yeah. I am I meant to say how I feel about it, or should I see? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't have to like it as well. If you've got criticisms, do it. I loved the film and I hated the ending. Oh. I what? I think the cinematography. I just love. I loved so many aspects of that film. But this is just my personal opinion, and my other half didn't feel this way at all. But I felt. I felt super offended. I don't know why I felt that way, but I just felt like the audience was laughing and I and I understand that that was the goal. I get it. I just didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way about it. I felt it was disrespectful. Um, and I, I know that like it was rounded off in the end by it being like what could have happened and it yeah. kind of rewrote her ending in a way. Which yeah. In a way, that gave her a second chance. And, and I get that that was really beautiful. I just found the comedy element of what happened really, I just found that difficult to watch. But I'm I mean, definitely yeah. quite in the minority in that because I was the only person in the cinema 
obviously this was before lockdown, that watched that and was having that reaction. So, I mean, the, the truth is, I mean, it is a very visceral scene, right? Now, I mean, I, and I think that it's understandable that some people wouldn't necessarily think that's funny. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it is very violent, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I loved it, and I'm sure a lot of people, like you say, I think I think it's probably fair that you say you're in the minority to a degree. Yeah. Um, but then again, I mean, who knows? But I, I can see what, like, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I loved it and did think it was funny, and, and all of that, and, and beautiful. But I can see why somebody wouldn't, because it is horrible. I mean, what happens is horrible mm -hmm. to those people. So I can kind of see that. But I, it was a funny one, because it didn't change my opinion of the film. It's really oh, that's fun, where I don't yeah. like the ending at all, but I still love the film. So. Well, that is super interesting. I, yeah. I love that. I love the fact that you like you dislike the ending, but it didn't change your opinion of the film. We were um like we've we've got a long history of conversations about uh, Tarantino films um here on the podcast with Ross, and uh, both of us actually it's probably the first time we've agreed on something for a long uh, no that's not <laughs> agreed on a Tarantino <laughs> film for a long time. Um, and yeah, we 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 both liked. It. I think you gave it your film of the year last year, didn't you, Ross? I did, and funny enough, and just total tangent. Well, same same subject. Um. In, in LA, when, when I went over to do some of the, the special features and stuff for, for, for Retaliation, I stayed with a, a couple of very close friends, uh, one of whom literally lived through, you know, like LA in the late 60s. Oh, wow. And he, and, and he said, it's unbelievably accurate. Not, not, not just the Hollywood stuff, just wow. the geography and what everything looked like and the mood and the atmosphere and like the nostalgia of it. It's oh, like very accurate. Mm -hmm. Which is cool, you know, it's kind of cool. Awesome, cool. Once upon a time, hello, love that. Great. Yeah. So, Ross, who was next? Let's go to Sam. The last film I watched was actually, I've just briefly went back up to Liverpool to see my mum, and we, we watched the film that was on the telly, which was The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether any of you have seen it. It sounds um, I've not seen that one. It's from the director who did The Lobster and The Favourite. Ah, yes, Jorgos Lanthimos, if that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, and it's Colin Farrell, Michelle Williams. Um, and basically the plot is that this young lad, Colin Farrell plays a surgeon, and uh, he, he kind of inadvertent. well, he, he tries to save this guy's life in the operating theatre, and he, he, the guy dies. And the guy who dies, his son starts hanging out with Colin Farrell all the time. Mm. And then eventually the plot set up is that um, this lad, this young lad, the son of the dead dad, basically says to Colin Farrell, you have to kill one of your family members to make up for it. Oh, my God. Um, oh, so wow. It's really dark, but also really quirky and hilarious as well. Um, but I don't know, same thing. I don't know if anyone saw The Lobster. I kind of... I find it quirky and funny while I'm watching it, but I never want to watch these kind of films again because they're so, <laughs> they're so like dark and it's like, yeah, I'm good. That that was a yeah, that was interesting. It was kind of also like uh, we need to talk about Kevin as well, if anyone's oh, seen yeah. that. Yeah, I love yeah. that film. Great, Great that film. Part. But I yeah. can quite happily go the rest of my life never watching it, it again. Yeah. <laughs> that was my last one. Ah, cool. Good. Wow, what a quirky bun. So we've gone from Hands of Steel to Once Upon a Time in America to The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I am <laughs> I am I'm loving this journey. Uh next up was uh, Jessica. Hi. Hello. Okay. So mine's quite different <laughs> from those two. So I am um, 
me and my husband, we take it in turns to watch movies and we have completely different tastes in films. And I was feeling a little bit, um, a little bit anxious the other day and I was like, I just want to watch a really fun movie. And he's like, okay, you get to pick what do you want. And I said, I want to watch Last Christmas with yeah. Amelia Clark and Emma Thompson. <laughs> because it was just one of those movies where you just, you don't really have to think too much. You just switch off, watch it, enjoy the acting. Enjoy, I love Christmas. I'm obsessed with Christmas. <laughs> and I've also got a little bit of a crush on Henry Pudding, so, um, so I watched that, and by the end of it, it didn't actually do my anxiety any good because I was, it was like just on the floor sobbing, properly oh. sobbing. The ending really got me. There's like a bit of a twist at the end, even though that is giving away a little bit, so I won't say too much. But um, it's one of those movies that I could quite easily have on in the background all day. I've always thought that Amelia Clark was a young Emma Thompson, so to see her playing Emma Thompson's daughter, I think I thought the casting was brilliant, spot on. It's funny because didn't we, talk, didn't we talk about this last week or a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it literally was a couple of weeks ago. So I was, um, I I had it to watch for ages, and I just I was just like, oh, do I really want to watch a Christmas movie in in like? In, yes. And I was like, you movie all year round. Well, see, I'm not with you on that. In July, it's coming soon. I can't wait. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was lovely. And yes, the the thing that happens, and not to give anything away, um, is it, it really surprised me. And I was like, oh, that was bloody clever. I'm usually quite good at uh, like telling what's going to happen. But I was like, whoa, I did not expect that to happen at all. Yeah. I thought it was and really clever, really touching. I've been a bit hit and miss on Amelia Clark outside of Game of Thrones. Um, but in that, I thought she was. Brilliant. She was so well cast. And the whole Emma Thompson thing, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are, like, they were daughter and mother. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Love. She, wow. Okay. She, she plays a very different character. From when she was in Game of Thrones, everything yeah. she's played since she's left that has been so different from her character in Game of Thrones. And I think people just now have to accept that she is not the dragon mum. That is yeah, not her. She's a completely different kind of actress. And all these roles that she's getting now are so different. But I think she suits them so much better. And, and, it's, and her facial features are just amazing. Yeah, it's the whole, it's the whole, um, uh, uh, oh God, um, Hermione, can't think of her name, Emma Watson, there you go. Emma it's Watson. the whole Emma Watson thing, right? She's so beyond that character, yet she'll always be that character. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, so, I mean. So we have, we have uh, Mark. Mark, you're next. Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of classics recently, but. To be honest, going back to the Hitchcocks and even 1930s and 40s, some of the originals. Um, but last one I watched was Primal Fear. Mm. Oh, uh, probably. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I, Richard Gere, Edward Norton. It's just, and the twist at the end is just phenomenal. I adore that film. I, yeah. I adore it. It's, yeah. so, it's so well done. Amazing performances, what can you say? And this, we will, I love, again, I, we will, Sorry, we were talking about it. Nice thing. All I was saying was, we, again, we literally talked about this like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, because I think I said yeah. I, I just popped it onto my watch list on Netflix. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I was like, so I've got it to watch at some point over the next couple of weeks when I get like a spare hour when it isn't baking and I actually want to be inside the house. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great film. And yeah, that twist every time you just go, bloody hell, that's good. Awesome. This yeah, and after a movie, I generally read the book as well to see how it's different from the oh. book. Oh, nice. It's so different. 
So how was um how was Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw different to the book? <laughs> uh, more shorter mirror image <laughs> so uh the last film i watched uh yesterday um weirdly i had like this this horrible day yesterday where i just ended up most of the day having this horrible headache and i just sat down at the sofa at four o'clock and said right i'm done i need to watch something just to get my brain off everything so having watched flash gordon on sunday with my daughter yes! Yes! And- she she was okay about it. I mean, my wife was like, my wife literally turned around at the end of it and goes, I'm not actually sure if I saw, I've seen that before. And I'm like, how do you not know if you've seen Flash Gordon? Um, and my daughter, who's 10, was a bit hit and miss on it. But anyway, so I watched it and obviously still the best film ever. Um, so yesterday I watched Life After Flash, the documentary about oh, Flash Gordon. Very good. It's very good. Is it good? I loved it. It's on That's Amazon cool. Prime for free if you've got Amazon Prime now. which. Which I imagine after lockdown, most people will have. Um, so it's brilliant. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah. It's so honest. And my favourite bit in the whole film was just, the, there's a bit where Brian May talks about the music. And I've never heard Brian May talk about the music of Flash and how they did it and and like what bit Freddie did and what bit he did and, and how he took the score to Dino De Laurentiis and D, Dino De Laurentiis just turned around and went, uh, this is good, but uh, it is not for my movie. And uh, obviously, in the end, you know, the soundtrack's what makes the bloody film, right? So, yeah. so yeah. So, like, yeah, I highly recommend Life After Flash. It's bloody brilliant. And Brian Blessed, I mean, I just want that guy just to be in my office all day long. Because yeah. there is not a situation that Brian Blessed can't cheer up. That's true. And he should have been doing... I reckon Brian Blessed should have been doing... The the what are uh, the uh, briefings at Ten Downing Street? <laughs> Can you imagine? Stay alert! Control the virus! <laughs> and Gordon's alive. That'd be amazing. <laughs> like literally, if if Brian Blessed tells you to stay inside, you'd stay you inside. Yeah, you yeah imagine if Brian, Brian Blessed just turned around and said, "I'm Prime Minister now." <laughs> like, okay, sure, good. Like again, if The Rock did it in America, he'd yeah. walk it. If Brian Blessed did it in the UK, he'd walk. It. Can you imagine? Like we have Boris and and Trump as probably the worst case. Imagine yeah. the best case is is Brian Blessed and The Rock. <laughs> and and then maybe I don't know, maybe Dolph Lundgren for like for Russia. I know he's not Russian. <laughs> I, I, I know he's not Sweden. Russian. <laughs> I know he's not Russian. I'm just thinking of Rocky IV, okay? I'm, I'm thinking of younger. Yeah. Red, so, yeah, so he's playing. He, he always think. I think he should be Russian. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. Is this... <laughs> I was going to say, which, which, anyway. which, which, which Bond villain was it who wanted to, like, rule the underwater kingdom? Like, just, oh. is that Drax? It might be Drax. Yes, it might be Drax. Yeah. Like have him prime minister. Yeah, We're going to live. Brilliant. <laughs> right, we're gonna. We're all gonna live underwater. Right, okay, hang on. What? <laughs> don't don't get Ross started on Bond because we'll get onto Spectre and then we'll be oh, here for no, half no. an hour. Okay. No, like no. we have we have thoughts we have feels on that film and when every time oh. we get onto it, you lose us. Oh, um. So we went Hands of Steel to Once Upon a Time in America to The Killing of a Sacred Deer to Last Christmas to Primal Fear to Life After Flash. If you if you take nothing else away from this podcast, that is one hell of a quirky list of films you could be watching this evening. Very true. 
Um, so cool. Okay, so that's what that's what we did. So before we today, we're also going to talk about our favorite action films. I thought you know it, it was probably the right podcast to kind of talk about action films. We've got some action stars. We've got an action director. We've got stunt people and everything. So you know, action films are probably a good thing to talk about. But before we do that, let's talk about vengeance. Or technically, I am vengeance retaliation, which is just rolls off the tongue. That Ross. Rolls off the sure. What's <laughs> Ross's idea? <laughs> I, I feel the hand of marketing came into that one. Yeah, um, so, so right, just so I'll, I'll, I watched it this week. Um, obviously, because it'd be a pretty poor form if I came on the podcast and hadn't watched it. Right. Um, I watched it this week after Ross keeping me waiting for just bloody ever. Uh, so, just and, to be clear, just to be clear, I don't think any of the cast have seen it. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> Woo! I win. I tried to go. As I said, I'm not. Well, I can say you all come off very well, um, and the film is bloody, <laughs> bloody enjoyable. And uh, I've, I've never, I don't think, I, I, I expect so. I always knew that it was probably going to be lighter on the plot side, you know. Um, but I didn't realise what basically Ross had convinced someone to fund was uh, an incredibly enjoyable 85-minute fight scene, which is awesome. Um, so it's so much action. And uh, actually, I joke about the plot, but actually, I really like the way that that, that 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 it moved from kind of how the plot moved. So, Ross, I want to ask you just first, just before we quickly, I've got a couple of questions for each member of the cast. So I want to ask you just first. Um, inspiration for Vengeance was obviously Commando, right? Yeah. And Get Carter. What? And get Carter. So what was... So this is a different type of movie, right? This is more of a team-up movie. So what was the inspiration behind this one? Well, it's funny that you asked that because a few people asked it. And it's weird because the inspiration behind it wasn't so much specific movies. It was more types of movies. So two of the main purposes behind the writing of the script were to open up John Gold's character more. And one of the best ways to do that is to have him bounce off more people. Yep. which kind of then leads you to the logical idea of having a team of people around him rather than just him being a one-man killing machine like in the first movie. Obviously, he had other characters in it, but it was just... I wanted people to sort of travel with him through the movie, if that makes sense. Uh, and then, therefore, that kind of gives you the idea of his character kind of opening up and warming up, particularly when you then add, uh, say, Lynch and Shapiro, uh, Phoebe and Sam, who are like they're much warmer they're kind of already they're very competent soldiers but they also have kind of a knockabout fun relationship as well so there's that you kind of get that straight away with them so that kind of wears off on gold somewhat you've also obviously got mark uh, returning as well and he was kind of a figure of mystery in the first movie whereas in the new movie he's there's obviously a clearer relationship between them and it kind of builds upon that and then, of course, you've also got the scenes with Vinny that kind of open him up as well as his antagonist. Yeah. So so the, the key thing was to open up Stu, without giving too many details away, open up Stu's character more, uh, bouncing off other characters. But then also there's the idea of a sequel being, I, I almost hate saying it, bigger and better in inverted commas. And the way to do that is you don't just do a revenge movie going around from place to place. You sort of make a, a broader more of an action movie than a revenge thriller and making it more of a chase movie. So it was really elements of other films rather than individual films, if you see what I'm saying. If, if Vengeance was, for argument's sake, Get Carter meets Commando, this was much more things like The Dirty Dozen, Dare I Say the Expendables, like, like, like team yeah. movies while retaining Man on a Mission as well. 
that was kind of the idea. That's probably a long way of saying it, but that's kind of where we are. And I'm guessing at no point you thought that there, like when you were were designing this this team, at no point did you go, oh, actually, uh, Shapiro and Lynch would make a bloody good spin-off movie. Right. Not not that I want to influence what what like Vengeance Three could be, but um... <laughs> honest, Gov. <Gal>. Um... <laughs> I think what was funny about this, well, I'm sure the guys themselves can sort of get into a script when we, you know, when you, when you ask more specific questions to them, but like, um, the way the team grew, obviously with like Mark as the leader, and then you've got, you've got Sam and Phoebe, you've also got uh, Jean-Paul Lee, you've got uh, obviously uh, Jennifer Lee Moon, and uh, you know, there's some other people obviously involved in terms of the good guys. There was this kind of easy chemistry and it kind of, made, oh, Jacob Anderson, of course, well, uh, and so, so like, you know, they were like, I, I just think that the guys, obviously again, Sam and Phoebe, you'd have to tell us a bit more about how you guys kind of like prepared amongst yourselves but I just felt there was this kind of easy chemistry between everybody and to me at least they sort of come across as a team pretty immediately there doesn't seem to be any doubt of that and and also just on the flip side of that the bad guy team uh, you've got uh, Jessica's character Pearl who has essentially put together the bad guys to come and rescue her fiance from, from the good guys so again I don't know what kind of work that or prep that Jessica you and the other guys put together like just just in talks but I just, again, I, I never really questioned the idea that we had these two teams, if that makes sense. I know, I know I'm not supposed to, but you also <laughs> want, but, but at the same time, as the director and as the writer, you do want it all to appear cohesive and not like straight, you know, like what are they doing? You know what I mean? You can watch movies and go, what are they doing together? Like, and, and there's yeah. no explanation. Well, I always felt that the two teams kind of work without question, you know, without kind of like getting too deeply into it. Yeah, and, and for me, it actually felt like, like, I mean, I, I joke about the, the relationship between Shapiro and Lynch, right? But it felt like they, and obviously it was meant to, it felt like they had history. They they kind of, yeah. this wasn't their first rodeo, right? And you kind of got that from the bad guys as well. You kind of got the, this impression that, that Pearl put together this kind of, this group of people that knew each other. That I mean, there were some, there, there were some mean looking people on that bad guy team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, proper like like proper mean looking. I'm, I'm sure they were lovely in real life, but you know. <laughs> yes. So I was the meanest looking one, though. Say again, sorry. I was the meanest looking one. <laughs> there was there was definitely something there. There was definitely even, <laughs> even Vinnie Jones looked at you a couple of times. You could just tell, right? But um, <laughs> cool. So so actually to pick up from that, then um, uh, Phoebe and Sam, um, what what so so what? How did you prepare, right? Because you, there definitely seemed to be that 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 chemistry of a couple of people that had done this before. So what what did you what did you do to prepare for that? Sam, do you want to? Do you want to <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, what um, what I will say is I think my main and obviously the variety review picked up on the chemistry as well, which you know that's why I messaged Phoebe straight away because I was really proud of that. I think one of the main things for me was. We, Phoebe and I, we, I mean, I don't know whether it was every evening before the next day, but we, we kind of straight up, we got this agreement going because Phoebe's background is a lot of action and a lot of stunts and she's a legit fighter. Um, whereas myself, I come from, you know, a trained acting, more classical actor type background. So from the get go, we had this almost like an agreement between us at the beginning of filming, which was if I, Phoebe basically said, listen, if you need any help on the action front and the fighting, then speak to me and I'll guide you. And then the reverse as well, if Phoebe needed any, you know, acting tips, tricks, or so basically 
a lot of the times we will go through the script the night before and we will bounce ideas off and just discuss um, our own ideas on it, which I think automatically created a, a bond, which uh, I think came off on screen. Um, that's one of the things that I think helped a lot. What would you say, Phoebe? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, Sam reached out the, um, the couple of days before we were filming and we were, we were staying in, a, in the same um, hotel. Um, hold on, one sec, one sec. I've got um, um, and, and yeah, it was really lovely um, for someone to just reach out to a stranger and just sort of say, hey, hey, um, be really good to get to know each other more before filming. And then we just had this agreement on what we read um, as our chemistry and we felt the same way and we felt that we were we uh, were best friends really that had kind of risen together in the ranks and we had each other's backs and and that's the way we played it and Sam was amazing just at helping me um, it was my one of my first like big roles that, that I was able to do and do all my fighting and and have a, a an amazing character to play as well and we kind of just talked together on on the things that we felt confident of, of how we'd read things um, in the script. And and then we just made decisions together, which was so lovely to have that opportunity to do that with someone, really. That's cool. Um, so, uh, so, oh, Mark, um, so was it good to get in on the action this time round and, and kind of get out there and, and kick some ass this time round? It was actually, yeah. In the first one, Frost kind of sat in a car and moaned a bit um, about a few things. But no, it was, it was great. And um, it was nice to shoot some weapons again um, and had a good play around with Sam when we, in that one fight we did, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got passed by uh, Mr. Egan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny, man. But no, it was, it was nice. It was good to be back as well. And I think everybody was so cool and easy to work with. And that's, that goes, a lot of that, to be honest, goes down to Ross as well. Because, you, you know, when you look on set, you want it to be a nice and relaxed environment. And that's what it was. And it's, one, it's a fun shoot. It's a great shoot. Yeah, you've got guns, you've got fighting, and what could possibly go wrong? It's 100%. <laughs> and I think that all, if of you've it, got, all of it could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got that kind of really cool, relaxed working environment, it, yeah. it absolutely shows on screen. I mean... One of my some of my favourite memories of, of working with Ross back in the day was was from when we did Left for Dead, his first film, and you know th that that to, to be fair, I mean, you know, that took us about two and a half years, and probably about most of my soul to get that made. And yeah, but but like when you're sat there at three o'clock in the morning in a cold gym in the middle of Brighton like sleeping down in sleeping bags next to people that have been fighting all day long and are too tired to take a shower. Like, you know, that's not everyone's idea of fun, but if you've got that kind of fun, yeah, if, if the environment's fun and, and you're having a good laugh, then actually you don't mind the fact that you're sat next to, sat next to 10 sweaty stuntmen sleeping in sleeping bags. It's fine. <laughs> I so, feel like there are some, hang on, I feel like there are some stories from that set that need to come out at some point. Yeah, I think there probably are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Jess, you you got to you got to play uh, Vinnie Jones's fiance stroke wife. Wife. <laughs> wife. Yeah, uh, according to Mr. Jones, we'll take that. Um, but actually, do you know what? You know, th these kind of roles um, could have been could be, and sometimes they're just like you know. Um, 
like like the, the pretty girl on the arm of the bad guy, right? That's what they can be. But this was actually a lot more than that. So it must be quite nice to kind of like be able to play what is a, a relatively kind of well-trod role, but actually have quite a lot of depth and character and some really nice moments in the film. Yeah, I mean, Pearl definitely had layers. <laughs> and yeah. I think um, when we started out, Pearl was going to be something completely different that she ended up being. And I was I was happy with both the, you know types of characters. I think because I ended up a lot later on set, already you know a lot of scenes had already been shot, and I just think the character that Pearl was originally going to be, which was very much more of like the comedy role in you know in the whole movie, didn't quite fit anymore. And so didn't we end up scrapping all of her lines and kind of starting again? And she turned out to be a much more powerful role, and I really enjoyed playing it. And I remember. Um, I think I originally auditioned for, um, who did I audition for originally, Ross? Wasn't it Lynch? No, I, I, think, remember, it was, no, I, think, I think Ross told me it was Frost originally, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, we're going to run out. No, so, no, if I, if I don't I know remember, why I get that from. Well, I, oh, my, oh, God, here we go. No, no, if, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think, I think everybody, like everyone who auditioned for the film, this is going back away. If I remember correctly, I think I think all of the female actors actually read Lynch and or Jen. Script, yeah. I think they did, yeah. And then I think all of the male, I, I might be wrong. I think actually all of the male actors, Sam, you might have to remind me of this. Did they all read for like almost like Teague and Gold's lines, or am I getting that confused? Yeah, I auditioned with a um, a like a scene between uh, Gold and Teague. And That's right. Yeah, it was, it was like a scene where it was. They were there was a lot of dialogue, but there was also yeah. fight moves in the middle of the dialogue, so it was a bit That's of both. That's right. That's right. It was a fight. I think it might be the alleyway fight, actually. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So that yeah. So I, I fight, I, I'm trying to remember this, but normally my way of auditioning in general is to kind of give pretty much everybody the two like two, it's almost like two different things in the same coin sort of if that makes sense. Um, and then. Yeah. Because then you kind of get a spectrum of it. I think sometimes if you audition people with the actual dialogue for the character that, pro- that they might be in line for, it, it's almost too easy to get too fixed. I know that might sound a bit odd. I'm sure other people do it differently. I kind of like almost like to get a breadth of the same Seeing thing. people's different takes on the same role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it kind of because then it gives you capability rather <laughs> than rather than oh well that's exactly what they think of that character. I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah. So. So, uh, so I guess to Phoebe and Jess, right? Um, one of the things about this film that actually took me by surprise, and and genuinely took me by surprise, was, was that I did my own stunts. I mean, I did not know that, but but I felt kind of crap, Matt. It was pretty hardcore. I needed training for like half an hour. Did <laughs> 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 oh, Jess, was... Jess, actually, actually, on that point, Jessica, on um. One of the featurettes that is, guys, just so as you all know, there'll be a few featurettes like behind the scenes uh, between just, sort of in, in, the breaking news, release, in the run up to the release. Uh, and Jessica, we do have a bit about that on one of those featurettes. It's very oh, funny. Really? Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> okay. About you doing your, your, first, your first stunt. In a, I didn't realise this was. I, okay, so guys, I mean, Jessica's obviously done a lot of work, but this was apparently your first ever stunt. It was. I've never done a stunt before. And I remember. Because obviously I was reading Lynch's lines in the auditions and it said no yeah. martial arts required, no action like yeah. training required and yeah. everything. So I was like, oh, okay, well that's good because I've got zero. And um, <laughs> I think I did a little bit for like GCSE drama and that was it. And then they were like, right, you're going to get headbutted, you're going to fall backwards. I was like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal hip up. And then they were like, but every time I fell back, my feet flew up in the air. And you could see that I wasn't actually wearing my high heels, I was wearing my Ugg boots. <laughs> we, had keep, we had to keep me it. And I was really like, I, I mean, I'm not one of those girls that are like, ah, I don't want to do that. But I actually turned into one of those girls. And I really started to annoy myself because every time I fell backwards, I went, ah, I don't want to do hey, it. I, I will say, it's like, like one of my favourite things on the on the Flash Gordon documentary uh, was that they, they were talking about Brian Blessed. And when there was like the, the, the big battle, apparently Brian Blessed had the gun and he was going around going pew, pew, pew. And someone came up to him and went, Brian, we had the effects afterwards. <laughs> Oh, that's me. Well, you know, I'm actually on the poster. I'm holding a massive gun, but I never held a gun in the movie, so I don't know where Pearl kept that. Honestly, just check out any poster for Ross's films, and we always used to joke, right? You go to Cannes, and you'll see this poster with an exploding helicopter and like ninjas and all of this, and then you watch the film, yeah, and have none of it. Um, so my question was, and it's a serious question, right? Like. What surprised me genuinely about this film was how many, how many brilliant and strong female roles there were in it. And that genuinely took me by surprise, right? Because like, I know, like, I know Ross is a big fan of China O'Brien, um, so it doesn't surprise me that much. But, but like these, these kind of films can tend to be quite male centric. They can, t- can tend to be quite, um, you know, females are kind of like sidelined in these films, but this, this had, at least three and probably a couple more really kick-ass female roles right so phoebe this is kind of your kind of first one of your first kind of more leady type roles that's pretty pretty cool right to to kind of have a be surrounded in these really strong female roles rather than just oh look go and stand over there and and hold a gun and and look pretty or or whatever it does tend to happen in these films yeah for sure um i come from a family of um, martial artists, actors, um, and stuntmen, and they're all male. And no one in my family as a female has ever pursued um, stunts or acting. Um, so I'm the first female in my family to do that and kind of pass that on. And both me and my sister were both um, competitors in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and uh, we've kind of passed on my family's tradition, um, but the females have passed it on. So not none, none of the, the men in, in the next uh, generations after. So it's been um, amazing for me. Um, I didn't really know that, that much about my family um, until I started, um, and then things came out of the woodwork, which is fascinating to me in terms of nature and nurture, that that was something that I ended up yeah. with. Um, without really fully realizing that that's kind of where I came from. Um, and so to have an opportunity like this was um, so exciting to me. I, I remember uh, I was sitting with my mum, my mum's from Ireland, and we, we were actually in Connemara in Ireland when I had my script and everything, and I went to spend some time out there in a cottage and was reading through everything with her, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's, it's really important, I think, just to, to stop sometimes. And there's nothing too small, there's nothing too big to ever celebrate and acknowledge. And it was just a real moment of, I'm gonna be in a film acting um, with an amazing uh, lead role and an opportunity to do all my fights, which I'm super passionate about. Um, I was already t- trying to transition from, from stunts into acting at the time, so this was an amazing opportunity for me. And with the cast that I was with, it was, it was a real moment for me, a really exciting moment that I, I shared yeah. with my mom. And, and um, I am so grateful that I get to, to play such stro- strong characters. But the reason that I loved Kate Lynch was that she was 
she was actually more like me in real life as a person than other characters that I play. She was hard on the outside, but soft on the inside, and she was really sensitive. And I never really got to play um, a character like that, that got to show her vulnerability whilst being in a strong position. I feel like that's often very misconstrued, that strong women are just strong, when actually I think strong women are the most sensitive and the most vulnerable, and that's what makes them brave, because they push through that. And I felt that with Kate Lynch. Wow. Ah, that's yeah that's brilliant that's, that's lovely um so, so go from that really lovely kind of you know quite heartfelt moment to let's talk to sam about fighting in his pants yeah that's <laughs> so, quite the moment so i mean if 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 anything surprised me like that was the first thing that surprised me about the film not you and your pants the the, the strong female roles and then yeah. the, the second thing was there was some nice humor in it and and that really comes to the moment where you see one of your 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 leads fighting in his underwear. And I mean, <laughs> Sam, talk me through that. How as a how as an actor do you approach fighting in your underwear? <laughs> I mean, carefully, <laughs> well, obviously. Do a lot of push-ups before. <laughs> as as uh, maybe that was another as Phoebe will tell you, but um, yeah, I remember when even when I. Because like Ross was saying before, when I auditioned, it was with almost what we would call a dummy scene um, for the audition where, you know, it's not the scene that you're going to be playing. Um, and then when I, when I got cast in the role, <laughs> the first thing I was like, wait a minute. And then I flipped back to the script again and I was like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> half of this character is in his boxes. Um, so essentially, um, I, I talk about motivation. I was like, right, that's it. I literally looked at the calendar and I was like, how many weeks have I got? Um, prepare for this. And then, um, yeah, I did a lot of, I basically just, my plan was, is in order, I knew in order to be confident for those scenes, especially if I'm going to be fighting, that I wanted to get in as trim a shape as possible. So that was my main aim, basically. Um, and so yeah that was so there's a lot of a lot of gym work and a lot of dieting running up to it and then as phoebe just said then which we had a lot of banter about because we were in the same hotel my my routine was i would get up and i would only have water and black coffee until lunchtime and then and then whatever the lunch was everyone would be like rubbing it in because i would avoid the carbs <laughs> and, and the really seriously guys as we all would i'm sure if we had to do a scene in our underwear so can, I, yeah. can i just can I, just at this point can i just say i i i probably only in recent years come to appreciate how the male little, body yes <laughs> no, I, no, i've appreciated that since i was about 11 i know where i stand um Fair. But I, <laughs> oh god so no i i've come to appreciate how little of the work that every human on a film crew and a cast does like as in and i know some of this is really obvious like learning your lines and all of that stuff you know you, you know what i mean and but even things like costume department i i've come to realize how little work i see for the end result like they put i, I see like five percent maximum of everyone's work so Sam, for you, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, I knew you'd probably be doing something, you know. But but I had no idea of like your regimen, let's say. Yeah. You know, and, and I had no idea of the way that the actors were necessary. I I assumed you were talking and interacting and everything, but you know what I mean. I know. When, when I, was... I, I just 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 getting to the point. I it it fascinates me how little I know how much everyone does, and I really appreciate. 
But I, I, I like to think I do appreciate it. If that makes sense. Oh, I hope so. Just on, I was thinking just more on that as well. Go on. No, no, go, go, Sam. You go. I was just going to say as well, like uh, you know, for even obviously you've got the element of hey, I want to look good on camera cosmetically, but also course, you know, yeah. it's the genre. Like, I'm a, and we'll talk about it later. I'm sure I'm a big fan of the genre, and and like part of that, a combination of the genre. And also the character himself, like from an acting point of view, it wouldn't make sense if this guy wasn't at least like in in a decent uh, shape for the job he does. And then also, yeah. um, not to mention, and maybe I didn't let on because even Stu Bennett um, was surprised at this. Because, but I did have a lot of. I I really felt like I felt quite intimidated uh, by a lot of the uh, cast members because of all of their different disciplines i felt like i was mr straight actor and then even like you know when i knew i was going to be going uh, side by side with phoebe it was like when you look at her credentials and what she does and um the ability to do storytelling with uh you know physicality and then you know mark with his background and then you've got katrina durden and then Stu bennett's wwe background so i really felt like uh, like the physicality part of it was something I had to do as well to, to honor the other people in the cast. I'm going to be honest. Obviously I did a bit of research on everyone before the podcast. I mean, Ross, I know this sounds surprising to you. The last time we did, a, <laughs> when we did the podcast for the first vengeance movie, no research. Um, this time, like I thought pro probably, you know, but I did some research and Sam, it actually surprised me. You didn't have a, uh, some kind of martial arts or fighting background. So like genuinely I was, I was surprised when I, I saw that you didn't have that background specifically. So you, you, what I'm trying to say is you held, held your own well. I think what I was actually getting for with the question though, um, I mean, how do you actually prepare to fight in your pants? Because surely there's a lot of risks in that, right? Well, I, I do remember there was one moment, I don't know whether you knew this, Ross, but in one of the, there's a fight moment with Mark, myself, and uh, Joe. Yeah. Um, Egan, formerly, you know, Mike Tyson's sparring partner, who Mike Tyson couldn't knock out, who's probably about 18 stone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's massive. Well, and, can I just and, say, and, uh, Sam, just before you continue, what I did the concern I had for you guys going into that, and obviously Mark, you, you know you've got uh, combat experience as well. But Joe Egan is made of cement. Yeah, like he's made of cement. There's no, there's no, there's no, like he he is like a real life version of Ben Grimm. <laughs> he's made of cement. He's also one of the nicest humans I've ever met. But that's another oh. story. Like. He is genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met. But he's, so the idea of Sam, Sam going up against him in his in his kex, I was well, like, here's, okay. Here's the here's the funny thing is Mark and I were, were going through that we were with um, Tim Mann and he was showing us the choreographed moves that we were going to do for this fight between Mark, myself, and Joe's character, and we were going through it, going through it, and then. So they arrived at certain things that Mark was going to do and I was going to do. And then they're like, right. So basically they said, Joe is going to come up and he's going to knee you in the ribs. And then, so I was like, okay. And then as we were practicing it, Joe's practice knees in the ribs were pretty stiff. Um, so I was like, but for real, is he, I think he's just going to, He's just going to nail me with his, as hard as he can, probably. And then I think it was Tim Mann. Tim Mann pulled me aside and he was like, oh, don't worry, um, we'll pad you up. And then I was like, I'm Ow. topless in this scene. <laughs> then, oh. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. That, um, that is brilliant. I love that. It's going to be too late right there, guys, but I'm just, I'm not going to because it's, <laughs> I'm always the one doing it. 
Look, Mark, you—it's it, to say, right, Mark? You've been—you've been kind of around for a few years. Do you know what? Genuinely, like Ross, like I was watching—I was watching Vengeance, and I'm like, I'm like, I know him. Where do I bloody know him from? And I, I text Ross him. Where do I know him from? And Ross is just like, dude, <laughs> like, dude. So like, it's. It, You've done some great films. You've done some amazing TV. Um, what is it that, what, what do you love, what about these kind of roles do you like doing? Because you look like super comfortable in this, right? You actually, like if I could pick the guy that probably had black ops training and yeah. could kill you with a finger, there was something in your eyes that said that about you. For me, and that's a compliment, right? I mean, you seem lovely here. We're, we're behind. Like, I'm basically against four incredibly intimidatingly amazing people. It's why I haven't put my, my video camera on. So, but, but what do you, what is, what is it you love about all of this? Because, you know, it, it, I'm sure you've had loads of different opportunities and everything else, but to come back and do the role a second time, there must be something that, that kind of dragged you in. I, I wanted to work with Ross again. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Because no, but I mean, last sort of five, eight years, I've done mainly theatre, um, a bit of TV, some films and stuff. And I, I try and make it my mission that no matter what I do, whether it's theatre, film, I just have a good laugh and just enjoy myself. And, and like I said before, there's a brilliant director. I'm sure you've seen a guy, uh, John Cassavetes. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal director. And he, he had this amazing thing on set where... Um, do you ever hear this? You must know this story, Ross, where he'd never say action on set, ever. Um, and nor would uh, Clint Eastwood as well. It's always whenever you're ready. Because action, the moment you say action, you, 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 know, you tense up, you like. And this, I don't know, he just created phenomenal sets to work on where people are friendly with each other and it's just easy. And that's why I get you walk into a set and it's just, oh, this is so cool, man. And then everything just makes it it's easier. And the, the coffee tastes better. Everything is better. <laughs> and I, I, I just thought it was probably Ross's choice of crisps for the catering. I, I muted you, Ross, because there was some background noise. Um, but I just thought maybe it was Ross's choice of, of the catering. Maybe that was what, what, what did it. So, um, Jess, I've got one last question for you. Um, you, have, you. You have basically, I was looking at your IMDb today, and your film history has now created my next watch list. Because I don't know why I haven't seen a film called Cannibals and Carpet Fitters. But oh, God, it was excellent. But fuck me, that is possibly the best title of a movie I've. Ever... I saw that and I'm like, I am so in on that. That is that is the film. So um... that was one of my favourite films to shoot. I, I mean, I would tell you, oh, shall I tell you what happens to me, or shall I not? No, I won't. But I had to have. Um... I had to have my head cast for it, not just the front, but the back as well. And I had them done at the same time. And I've just found out I was pregnant about five minutes before I went and had this head cast for the movie. Surprise! And I, I'm always pregnant, by the way. I'm, I was probably pregnant when I was shooting with you, Ross. Who knows? But um, yeah, so I was having this head cast done for that. And you'll see why I needed a head cast when you watch it. But I started to have a panic attack whilst I was whilst I had it on. It wasn't dry. And I started like, trying to scream for all off my face. And she was like, stop! And I was like, I'm sorry, I need to get it off. Because you can't hear anything. You can barely breathe. You can't see anything. Um, yeah, sorry, that was just a random little story about that, no, about hey. that movie. You know, it, was a really, it was a really fun movie to shoot. And James Bush was a lovely... It's very much like you, Ross. It makes you feel super comfortable on set. And it's just like the sort of guy you can just have a laugh with. 
at the same time as working. And you also did a film with Jason Mewes as well. I mean, I'm sure this is a story for a different day, but I was just like, these are some, like you you basically pick movies to feature in, like I and Ross pick movies to watch. And that's possibly the biggest compliment ever because it's just like the most random titles. I go, I'm in on that. It's like, it's like the- Ah, um, It does what it says on the tin. It's like the Michael Caine thing, right? When he was talking about um, Jaws 4 and he opened the script mm. and he said, exterior Bahamas. And he closed the script and phoned his agent and said, I'm in. You know? That's it. Good. Yeah, no, Brilliant. So, watch them all and call me afterwards. <laughs> absolutely so look hey look thanks guys that was a that was brilliant so what we'll do is we'll do a quick because i'm conscious of i'm taking up loads of your time um and uh but we'll just do our quick wrap up of our favorite action film so we have one rule on this right if i for example if i, I say at number five i pick i don't know hobbs and shaw and you have that at number three the rule is you just say punt right and then we talk about it when we get to your get to the where it is later on in the list if that makes sense. Okay. Punt. Yes, I know. Yeah, just to be clear, it's we 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 are an adult uh, themed. We're not safe for kids, but we're not not that safe for kids. Um, Ross, can you just unmute yourself because I've muted you. I don't know if you can unmute yourself now. Oh, there we go. I thought. Oh no, you can't. Oh, that's that's. Oh, hang on, hang on. Hang there you on. go. Yeah. yeah. I thought probably this yeah. would be a good one to go. So we'll go around the table, right? Um, I'll start and then I'll just go around to, to everyone and you just oh, give we, your number we, five. Right, we go five. Okay. Yeah, five, four, three, two, one. And we won't go into too much detail, but just, just to get a flavour of your action tastes. So my number five is The Matrix. Um, That's mine too. Oh, no, sorry. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I so want to do a um a pub quiz with, with you because you are like right on that. Yeah, one. Exactly. I ruined them all. I get really pissed. I get it all wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so my number five is the Matrix. Phoebe, your number five. My number five is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, uh, good call. I haven't got it on my list, but I do. I love that film. That's a, and that's for I guess from a, a martial artist and a, a stunt performer's perspective, that's a that's a really great film. I remember watching it. I remember watching it and just it was one of those things. It, for me, it was a moment. On, you know, you never one of those movie moments that you never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Love that, Mark. You're number five. Well, see, these aren't necessarily in order, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Blade Runner. Okay, oh. cool. I see you. You you're like basically you and Ross. I can see why you two get on. Because you ask Ross to do a list of five, and he'll go, right, my number eight. And you're like, no, Ross, five. <laughs> 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 and he, Phil, and Ross are we, like, actually, Phil, are we, are we doing honourable mentions or not? No, we're not. Yeah. We're not <laughs> but uh, excellent. So, Sam, over to you. My number five is Time Cop. Oh, oh my God. Uh, what a great <laughs> call. That is a brilliant call. Between the lines. Love yeah, Time Cop, man. That's a great call. Uh, Ross, your number five. My number five is, I have to decide between two of them. Um, I'll, I'll go with the one that changed my life, uh, Revenge of the Ninja. Revenge of the Ninja. I met. Yeah. I remember I met Shogasagi for, um, uh, what was it? It was that bloody crappy Ninja uh, Assassin. Ninja Ninja Assassin. Assassin. Uh, actually, to be fair, I quite enjoyed the film, but um, like I was in a room full of journalists at this open press conference. And as you can tell, I'm not 
potentially the most polished of of uh, or, of uh, interviewers. And they basically like Shogasaki walks in the room and they all shut up. All these j- journalists from like these major magazines and they all shut up and look at me and go, "Well, you're the action guy. You ask the questions." And I'm just <laughs> like, um. <laughs> but he was lovely cool and then jess you're number five matrix i already said yeah yes sorry yes you're right the matrix great film i mean look who doesn't like keanu reeves in leather oh, <laughs> uh, is that the reason <laughs> that so came out worse than That's i thought <laughs> so uh my number four is hard-boiled punt uh. Punt. Okay, Ross is punting hard-boiled. Phoebe, your number four? My number four is Iron Man 2, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, oh wow, nice. That is a good... By the way, I watched that again not that long ago, and that... She's brilliant in that. I forgot how, how good she's... As soon as I saw her, like, flying around, legs in the air, wrapping, spinning, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, right? She doesn't... Does she have? She doesn't have professional martial arts training, does she? Or does she? She has an incredible stunt double called Heidi Moneymaker. <laughs> Probably the best stunt woman in the world. She's phenomenal. No, I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. The best stunt person in the world is the guy that doubles for Halle Berry in Catwoman. I, that's, <laughs> to, to this day, to this day, you'll just go, but that's a bloke. <laughs> it's like. And he, I think he didn't even shave. I mean, you know, it's uh, no. very random. No, but yeah, I mean, that is some phenomenal action. She, that is fantastic. Good. Uh, Mark, you're number four. Uh, my number four, Once Upon a Time in China, which oh. is Jet uh, Li's first movie. Or I think that was his breakout, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he did a bunch of movies before that, but that was the bit like the, the one of the big ones. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I, damn, I normally write these down. I've completely forgot to write these down. Never mind. Um, I'm too interested in the conversation, right? Sam, you're number four. Total Recall. Oh, I'm, I assume, I'm seeing hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I assume you mean the original. I'm yes. talking about Paul Verhoeven. Yes, good. Just Original version. Just uh, just yeah, checking. just an incredible, incredible film. Two weeks. I love that. Two yes, weeks. Yes, the Mars. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> get, your, get your ass to Mars. <laughs> Such a good film. Ross, you're number four. Enter the dragon. Enter the dragon. So nice. It kind of started yeah. like all of it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, it's kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've, we for another podcast, right, but uh, we've definitely had conversations about that scene in Once Upon a Time in America more than once on this on this podcast. Yes, we have. Jess, you're number four. Um, mine is a really low-budget martial arts film that I loved as a kid with Billy Blank. It's called Showdown. I love that movie. How do, do you know, know what I'm talking about? I thought Phoebe would be the only one that knew, but you know it. It's amazing. I love Showdown. Showdown it's is what Karate Kid. Show, Showdown for me is what Karate Kid should have been. And also, Jess, I'm yeah. very good friends with Ken Scott, the guy who plays the lead actor. Oh really? I know the guy. Ninja I know. Well, didn't he? He was one of the original Ninja Turtles. Yeah. For real, he was oh, one. Of, yeah, Ken Scott. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, no, I, I love that movie. It's so if good. you're gonna, if you're gonna, it's amazing. If you're gonna name drop. Uh, an original Ninja Turtle is the way to go. I love. Oh, and also, and also, for anyone who doesn't know, the director of Showdown, Robert Radler, directed Best of the Best, which okay. is amazing. I mean, 
There we go. Awesome. So that's done number four. So number three, um, and Ross, I don't think you have to ask me, do I mean the original or the remake on this one? Uh, point I think Break. I yeah, I thought you were going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> point Break changed my life. Uh, genuinely, it showed me that I wasn't cool. I couldn't surf. Um, but I did stop eating the skin on chicken. So, you know. My Break is one of, it's got to be up there, my top five favorite songs ever. Utah, get me two. Utah, my next tattoo, I've been trying to work out how to do this in a not too cheesy kind of way, but I definitely want to get Utah, get me two with Gary Busey's face as my next tattoo. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'm I'm thinking of getting it on my calf. Um, But uh, there is some debate internally in the uh, Hobden household of whether that is a a good tattoo to have. Um, (laughs) To be continued, I think. Uh, Why not do do it across your chest? You talk. <laughs> it's, the real estate is a bit taken up on, on there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Phoebe, your number three. My number three is a very important one, in my opinion, in terms of if we're talking about action and martial art films. It is The Raid 1 and 2. Ah, nice. Yep. Yeah. Raid, the Raid was just outside of my, my top five, actually, but I, I love The Raid. I just mean, it would be rude for me to say something like Iron Man and not say The Raid. <laughs> that just, it would be ridiculous. They are just, inc- it's the elite. The elite Wait, between that and On Back, it basically changed how martial arts films were, right? They've, so you yeah. went from that kind of quite 80s style, 80s, 90s styles of martial arts films to, to this kind of much more realistic, you know, crunchy. Crunchy is the word I'd use. Like yeah. when someone gets hit and you actually feel it and you just kind of go, oh, love yeah. that. I, think, um, I yeah. think also in a more um, American Hollywood scale, you know, the Born Supremacy um, also, I think they, they started to get a little more rough and ready with things, choppy with the camera, it was a lot more wrestling going on, it was a lot more close, it was a lot more personal it was less stylized in yeah. terms of like Hong Kong um, old school movies it was way more um, UFC, so yeah, agreed No, oh, nice, good, lovely love that, uh, Mark, over to you for your number three uh, Kill Bill. Kill oh. Bill. Punt! <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, we'll talk about Kill Bill. Um, Sam, your number three. Uh, my number three is a film that my granddad, who was a cop, allowed me to watch when I was about eight. And it was, uh, and he loved it from a cop point of view. It was Robocop. Oh, brilliant. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And Sam, he, he, but he, huh? Can I just say? I, I've no, never met I, you. No, as in, it was, it was, he, he had it on video. Can I say, I've never met you, but I feel like we might be related with like, <laughs> like, you've literally gone Total Recall, Time Cop, and Robocop. I mean, yeah, like, there we go. You, you, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking, Sam? 34. You've had a fantastic education in films. Um, I, like, I'm 40, 43. Uh, am I? I don't know. I'm 40 something anyway. Uh, you can't stop counting when you get to my age, really. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like they, these are the kind of films I was brought up on. So, yeah, like, full respect. Robocop is, I mean, if you want to talk like crunchy kind of like, like that bit where Murphy gets his. And I, yeah, spoiler alert, right? Uh, Murphy gets the shit blown out of him when he's uh, at the beginning. That 
seen is still one of the but my favorite robocop version ever is the tv version that itv used to show which had no violence and the swearing was dubbed so you'd have um forget me forget me (laughs) brilliant um robocop Robocop works as both as a kid it worked as like almost uh an escapist superhero i want this toy movie and then when you get older you realize how politically intelligent it is yeah Yeah. no brilliant absolutely ross you're number three have you done jet uh no i got you oh sorry Uh, my my memory is so bad my my number three would typically be a number one in most lists but it's die hard jesus christ yeah yeah definitely a big punt on die hard uh jess you're number three Okay, so I watched this film when it first came out because I was in love with the lead actress. And then when I watched the movie, I just fell in love with the movie. And it's Starship Troopers. Oh, oh. yeah. Watched it, watched I, it, I, read it somewhere, I read somewhere, this might be outdated now, this information, but at the time it was the record for the most bullets ever shot in the movie. <laughs> nice. So was your crush Dina May? <laughs> Was my what? The actress you were in love with, is it? Um, uh, oh, God, what's her name, no, Ross? Denise Richards. Denise, Denise Richards. Richards. I was thinking, how did I forget Denise Richards was in that? And there's Dina Mayer as well. Yeah, I was thinking Dina Mayer, but yeah, De- Denise Richards. Mm. Obviously. Yeah, okay. um, so my number two uh, is the best sci-fi action film of all time. Um. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I, I had aliens on my list for quite a while, but I had to make some decisions. Ah, uh, it's yeah. tough, tough. So Mark's it's punting that fun. one. So let's go to Phoebe for your number two. Well, my so my number two was Kill Bill. Ah, cool. oh. yeah. So if, if you want to look at kind of strong female-led action movies, like you probably don't get that much better in the mainstream than up until like Marvel came along and started changing the game a bit. Um, yeah. like, I, I have feels about Kill Bill. It's not my favourite Tarantino film, and I, I, but I don't like the film, but I love the action. Yeah. So, but I totally get why everyone well, else loves it. It's just so like it's just so yeah. iconic. Like you'll always forever see yellow and black and think Uma Thurman Kill Bill. You know, yes. it's just so iconic. But if I hadn't said Kill Bill, I'm gonna do a Ross, and I did have another one. <laughs> You're gonna do a Ross. <laughs> um. My other one would have been Tomb Raider, Lara, Lara Croft. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Nice. Oh, do, you mean the new, do, you mean, do you mean the new one or do you mean the, uh, the Angelina Jolie one? Angelina Jolie. I, like, I like the look of horror on Phoebe's face then when you said that, Ross. No. I mean, Angelina. I mean, for the sake. Yeah, so that was so the second Tomb Raider film was the first film my brother-in-law worked on, I think. I'm pretty sure that was the first film we worked on, the second Tomb Raider film. Um but yeah, no. Th- th- funny enough, I, like, I showed the new Tomb Raider film to my daughter not that long ago, and she really enjoyed it. So we're, I'm going to take her back to watch the other ones because obviously, if you can do the hardcore ones, you can do the the Angelina Jolie ones because they're a bit softer in terms of kind of you know they don't have melting people in it. Um, Mark, your number two. Um, that was Aliens. Aliens, right? Ah. I mean, yeah, we we yeah. Which is, I mean, it's like, you know, stay frosty. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, don't, I don't need to say anything else. Do I? Don't ruin, don't ruin the surprise. Hudson, sir, he thinks. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Not only is it not only is it a bloody great sci-fi film and a bloody great action film, but it's also got such a cracking script as well, right? It's such a good script. The script's I phenomenal. Always... And it, it, I went to see, I saw Alien, the original, on the big screen last year. And I, I it's just phenomenal. It's so much better than so much of the other stuff out there. If you ever get a chance to see some of these, like the original Jaws or Alien yeah. on the big screen, it's just phenomenal. Well, the, the good news is, like with cinemas reopening but nothing to show, they've re they've put up a back catalogue of old films that cinemas can yeah. get to watch. Yeah. So things like um, Back to the Future, Alien, films like that, hopefully will be coming back to the cinema. And for me, that's a major win. So Sam, you're number two. My number two is the second Arnold-based entry of my uh, top five, which is uh, True Lies. Excellent. That's a great movie. <laughs> I think it's got it's got some of the best one-liners and like the Tom Arnold, um, Arnold banter and Bill Paxton and he's amazing. Set pieces are amazing. Paxton's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen True Lies in years. I I really need, do need to catch up with that again. So Ross, your number three, uh, two. Uh, where are we? My, two. My, my my number two is Hard Boiled. Ah, yes, you punted that, didn't you? I forgot you punted that. Yeah, Hard Boiled um, is just one of the best. And what the thing I find fascinating about Hard Boiled is it was made in the early nineties, and I I just don't think it's ever been better. I was going to say the same thing. It, it just hasn't been better. And and you, you talk about um, Phoebe. You talk about iconic moments, right? Like that iconic moment of showing fat going down the corridor with a baby and guns, and you just kind of think everything about that scene is wrong, but yeah. everything about that scene is right. It's yeah. just it's all such a good film. Although my favourite scene in a John Woo movie is probably from um, Killers, the Killers. Oh, the Killer. Yeah, the Killers. Sorry brain um with the, the like the the blind girl in the middle of the two guys going around with the guns that for me is like such a amazing and you sit there and just go that is such a good scene and it's yeah. like like the, the tension and the interplay and the, the layered conversation and yeah but yeah hard boiled yeah it's on my list as well love 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 jess your number two my number two is face off oh, oh. yes yeah because I, I love seeing actors portray their characters and then different characters as well i love seeing how they both interpret one character i find it really fascinating i learn a lot from that as well and it's just an awesome script obviously and, and um, thought yeah. of putting those two guys together basically two of the biggest over actors in the world <laughs> i mean that as a compliment <laughs> and like, so nick we want you to do an impersonation of john and john we want you to do an impersonation of nick and you just know that they were on set going, right, I'm going to turn this up to 11. Well, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to turn this up to 12. Hey, I can go to yeah. 13. Did you, did you ever read an interview? There was, I can't remember. It was either with Travolta or Cage, whichever one. And it said, it's results of a time. And it was something like, when, oh, no, actually, maybe it was, it was some, anyway, it was, it, was, it basically said, when John saw Nicholas doing his character in the scene, he wept. <laughs> Despair. Yeah. That is brilliant. Not for the, not the for the reasons you think, yeah, not for the reasons you think. <laughs> that is, that is wet, wet, wet. Like, I, wet, I, like, I, like it's a religious experience. That's funny. 
because both of them are quite serious in real life. Yeah. So I can imagine both of them like having these these really deep and meaningful conversations about their characters and their motivations. And John Woo coming along and saying, look, I just want to throw a dove at you and blow shit up. So just get on with it, guys. Like, just, you know, I'm we sorry. want to catch the action. I, without being too spoilerific, the bit at the end where Travolta brings home Nicolas Cage's uh, baby yes. uh, kid oh my God. Son and, say, and basically says, this is our new son. And Joan Allen and his wife goes, sure. You gotta go. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> so, I, I, mean, I love it, but what's happening? I, I've um before before we get to number one. Afterwards, when they all went inside. <laughs> before we get to number one, I'd like the what my one the one honourable mention is the favourite film of this podcast. It's the official podcast movie of this hang podcast. Hang on, hang on. Hold what? on. Yeah, like other than the one you're about to pick, it's the other one. Right. It's the one we talk about the most. Probably one of the best action films, and we, my, myself and Ross, love it to bits um, for many reasons. But uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo deserves an honourable mention on this list. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's brilliant action, but it's also one of the. Let's just say they have a relationship that transcends film. This is Brandon Lee. This is Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Um, it also has the best line ever in a movie where where Brandon Lee turns around to Dolph Lundgren. This is a true line from the script, right? And he goes, "You've got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man." And you just go, "You have me at hello." That was. It's just. It's just. Uh, brilliant. And by the way, Lundgren just says. Lundgren just goes, "Thanks." <laughs> and that's, that's a genuine line from the script. Um, it's brilliant, uh, but it's it's also a brilliant action film as well. So my number one is Die Hard. I'm sure someone else has that, so I'll I'll just I'll just skip on. Uh, Phoebe, your number one. My number one. I didn't do mine by the way in order of like the one is like my top one. I just, sure, I just sure. wrote down five. That's um, fine. But um, one for me is Flashpoint with Johnny Yen. Mm. Because nice. Because yeah. I think for me, it incorporated it once again, like what we were just talking about earlier. It really incorporated lots of, let's say, like functional or real, real martial arts that we see today, like UFC things. So it was watching Donnie Yen do jujitsu and wrestling. I was like, what? What's happening? So I loved, I loved that movie just for the credit of of them breaking breaking the mold with such an incredible. Um, action star as Donnie Yen so I, I just thought it was really interesting to watch him um yeah do that choreography as it was sick and interestingly that's that's hailed as a prequel to um Charpeau Lang which is a film that I absolutely adore and me and Ross watched that at Cannes with Gary Daniels there's a legendary screen. It's actually a now legendary can screening. It's it really is. interesting. Because the, the film broke about five times during the screening of the film. And it was always just as it was about to get to an action scene, the film would just break. And you'd be just like, stop. come on, man. It's like, but yeah, so it's me, Ross, Gary, and a couple of others. But yeah, that was one of my favourite memories of ever going to Cannes. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. a cracking suggestion. So next up, we have uh, Sam. No, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got to do a Ross, I can't, so I'm just going for it. It's um, First Blood and Terminator. Oh, fair enough. Uh, uh, sorry, I had to. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'll, I'll, hey, look, look, you guys you, you guys have a, a relatively loose set of rules here to play with, so that's fine. First Blood, I mean, it's First Blood, right? And and yeah. Terminator, oh, you're like, is there a more iconic moment than Arnie's first utterings of the words, 
I'll be back. That's it. Love it. Please, please um, Genius. Love it. Brilliant. And what an action, what a sequence that follows that. So, uh, Ross, you're number one. Yes, we know it's Commando. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How? How did you know? I might have said something. No, it was Commando. Yeah. I mean, to the point where two weeks ago, Ross was going to the Prince Charles, was meant to be going to the Prince Charles every night to watch Commando. It was on for a week, and Ross yeah. was going to go and watch it every night, and I was going to go up on the Friday, uh, the yeah. first night, and I'm it's gutted 30, we didn't get to it. It's the 35th anniversary, and the Prince Charles were literally running it every day for a week, and I booked tickets wow. to every screening, and we were going to go in costume. <laughs> We were. You were going to go as Arnie and I was going to go as Jenny. And if you've seen either of us, you will know that that's possibly the best combination ever, right? That's right. <laughs> I think that would have been awesome. Um, oh, Sam, sorry. you're number one. It's, I get, I'm getting nervous now. Um, my number one um, is actually, it's one of the first films I saw in the cinema. And it is a franchise, but I'm going to pick the first one. And it's Mission Impossible. Yeah, uh, I just think um, I th Brian De Palma. A lot of his films aren't straight up action films, but when you go back and you look at even like Carlito's Way and Scarface, he's the master of the action set piece. Um, and the original Mission Impossible, you know, the the aquarium restaurant, the zip line into the CIA building, and the helicopter in the Channel Tunnel—they're just I, so iconic. Um, and I think Cruz is one of the best action actors of all time. Yeah. Um, well, let's, I mean, let's, let's face it. Let's face it. Cruz is now, I, 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 I'm not trying to sound uh, facetious, Cruz is now what Jackie Chan was. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Cruz is now what Jackie Chan was. Yeah. And, and to, the, to the hundredth degree, because like we joked, I think we actually joked on this podcast that at some point Tom Cruise will go into space to do a movie. And fuck yeah. me, Tom Cruise is going into space to do a movie. And you're just like, we did say it. We did. It's how much more Tom Cruise can you get than that? <laughs> like, so last, and I think, cause I think I've screwed the order up, but last, but definitely not least, <laughs> Jess, you're number one. Hello. Let's say randomly, I met Tom Cruise a couple of weeks ago. Very, very wow. randomly. Wow. He was um, outside of, waiting outside my apartment in Soho and I walked outside and I was, I was hosting a hen do in my flat and so I went out <laughs> with 30 hens and he must have been like, oh shit. And then we all went out, we were all just like circling him. <laughs> and I was like trying to be like super cool so I started like walking away, I was like, come on girls. And then they all like started getting something to them. Just a random little thing. Everyone's I like, oh my God, did you work with him? I'm like, no, I met him, he was outside my apartment. But um, yeah, anyway, random. So my number I bet one. 100%, and, um, so just, I bet 100% you must have looked like the best host of a Hindu ever. It's <laughs> yeah. like, fuck me, she's got Tom us Tom Cruise. He's not even the main event. He was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous as well. We were like, wow, you are so handsome. He looked amazing. But he had this, he was just oozing this star quality that like, you know, only someone like him can ooze. Um, so yeah, that was a little random fact. Bit of a name drop there. I was trying to outdo you, Ross, I think. <laughs> um, my number one, it is actually my number one. I was like, Phoebe, I didn't actually do it in order, but it's the um, the Fast and Furious franchise, but in particular, and I don't know if this is like an action or a martial arts, but it's Tokyo Drift. Oh, I love oh, nice. cool. I love Tokyo Drift. I picked that because I think drifting is one of the sexiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so watching a whole movie, I was like, drool. 
Um, so yeah, that's um, yeah, a little bit un unprofessional. But that's that's the reason why I love it. On that movie, just very quickly, I've got to tell you a story about this. Uh, Phil, you know, you obviously know Chris Regan, right? Yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, very talented writer, lovely person and stuff. And we, he organises film nights, anyway, all sorts of things. Uh, and uh, and he wrote my latest short film. Anyway, we this fortieth in Brighton, a bunch of us were invited down to go on a sort of scavenger. We were gonna we were gonna kind of be part of a scavenger hunt. So Jenny and I we waited at Dave's Comics, which is obviously a brilliant Brighton place for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, and like Chris was like going around with his with his wife Andrea and other people would join him at different stages of this like scavenger hunt around Brighton, which was all gonna lead to like a final venue, right? which was the, the Earth and Stars pub, which was lovely. And <laughs> the end purpose of this scavenger hunt was that uh, Chris was going to watch one of his favourite films, and we are all going to be there to watch his favourite film with him. And it was Tokyo Drift. One of our friends turned around when they realised, because you found out the film at the pub, like we didn't know anything else before that. When one of our friends... She'd come down from Kent or something to, to, to join him. She said, Chris, have I come to see you from Kent to watch Tokyo Drift with you? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just went, he just went, yes. yes. <laughs> that is amazing. So, look, thank you all. That was really, really good fun. And what a great selection of films, right? I mean, I, I've, I definitely think that, um, you know, you all have some epic film taste there and there's some great there's a couple of films that i need to rewatch. so look thank you all for joining me uh on the podcast and joining ross um shall we obviously talk about the film, should we talk about the film details quickly before everyone yeah, goes go on. Well, uh, i was obviously anyone... going to do like everyone saying could, could promote their own socials but go on ross give give well, us the give us that, details when the film... definitely do that but the film itself i am vengeance retaliation is released in the uk on july the 13th on all the major platforms and the digital platforms and so forth uh, for any American friends listening, it's already on release through Survivor Lionsgate. Uh, so please, uh, you know, like, and subscribe, buy it, watch it, rent it. And watch it. It is uh, it's a really fun movie. And and like I said, like it, it surprised me in a couple of ways, right? It's funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, it, it is so much more female-centric than I thought it was going to be. So, and again, these are all awesome reasons to go and see, uh, see the film. So... Um, look, if everyone wants to, to say goodbye, you can plug your socials or plug anything you want, really. Um, and I'll just go around. Uh, I'll do it in the same order that we did the, the, the thingy because I've got everyone written down that way. So, Phoebe, thank you for joining us. Where can people find out more about you? You can find me. Um, I'm mainly really just on Instagram if anyone wants to say what's up. Um, it's just my name, Phoebe underscore Robinson underscore Galvin. And you've got Hannah, you, you're involved in Hannah season two, which is coming to Amazon soon, I believe. Correct. Um, that'll be released on the 3rd of July um, on Amazon Prime. I was uh, the lead stunt double for Hannah, which was an incredible experience for six months at the end of last year. Um, so very excited for that to come out as well. Sure. And I love the first season, so I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. Mark, where? Oh, <laughs> Mark just disappeared off my Don't camera worry. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, where can everyone find out about you? I mean, to be honest, I don't do social media. I've stopped. That's fine. So hey, look, that, that's dude, 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 but Mark, Mark, plug, plug your amazing book. Oh, um, I think I'm on, I'm on Instagram, but I, again, I don't really do it. But it's uh, Mark Griffin writes. 
Okay. You've got a book out, did Ross say? I, I write, yeah, I write. I've been writing for years. So it's a, it's, the, it's a series of thrillers. I've just finished the third one. Uh, the second one's out now called When Angels Sleep. Uh, strong female lead. Uh, female psychologist who kicks ass. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. And thanks for joining us. Uh, Sam, um, over to you. Um, my uh, On Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Sam Benjamin now, which is N-O-W um, at the end. And it's, uh, this is the main thing that I'm in at the moment. I'm in a BBC drama called Anthony, but they haven't said when it's coming out. Uh, based on a true story about a lad that was uh, murdered uh, a few years ago. And yeah, as Matthew McConaughey would say, if, you know, any opportunities to take my shirt off in any other movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not available. Hey, hey Vengeance 3, uh, like you, you're in your pants in Vengeance 2. I, I don't know where you can go from that in Vengeance 3, Ross. Uh, but, uh... How can we go, Ross? Maybe um, Lynch Shapiro can have a face-off um, storyline. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm game. No, I'm game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. I want to see that movie. That would be awesome. Uh, in fact, maybe we should stick Mark in as well and we could have a Frost uh, Lynch Shapiro three-way face-off. And every, every morning... It's like Freaky Friday. Every morning you wake up as a different one of the characters. As a matter of calling Vengeance 3, three ways What, uh, what is this? Uh, I love that. That's excellent. And Ross, uh, where can our wonderful listeners find out more about you? If you uh, wish to stalk me, uh, it's at Ross Boyas for all the things. Uh, there's at Evo Films UK for uh, evolutionary films. And of course, to follow and uh, keep track of the Vengeance franchise, it's at Vengeance Film UK. So we'd love to hear more from everybody and uh, you know get your opinions on the films and so forth. And, and last but certainly not least, Jess, where can everyone find out more about you? Hi. Um, so at the moment, I'm on TikTok, which is Jessica Jane Stafford, all the word. And um, Instagram, Jessica Jane Rabbit, because Jessica Jane Stafford was taken. And um, I've got a movie out uh, at the moment called In Spite of Everything, which is a dark comedy. And it's got all my children in it as well, which is really exciting. So, oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> that's, and that's of course... I'll be feeding back on um, on that awesome, awesome film, Cannibals and Carpet Fitters, oh, in the near future. Because, yes. I mean, I mean how can I not watch that? Me. <laughs> I absolutely, I will. I mean, like, like you have, that's, yeah. Like, I'm all about the title, right? Like, oh. this is why I, this is why I enjoyed, endured, sorry, Clownado last weekend. Um, don't. <laughs> Don't wow. watch it, children. It's not it's not as good as it sounds. Um, so find out more about the podcast at www.philsquickreview.co.uk. We're on Twitter, Ross. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, Phil Quick Review on Twitter and uh, Ross and Phil talk movies on Instagram. I don't know. It's like I do this every time, and I should. I think I'm better. But look, just to say thank you, guys. This has been one of the most fun things I've done in a, in, in a long time, um, and that's not just because I've been locked in my house for pretty much six months, but. Um, that was before lockdown. I'm just on house arrest. I'm just not allowed out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's a joke. I wish you were joking. I wish I was, yeah. Um, but it's been amazing meeting you all. Thank you all for giving up so much of your time to chat about, well, to kind of almost chat about vengeance, right? Almost, a little bit. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but I think... Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank Love you. to see you all again. 
Yeah, nice. to see everybody. And I'm, 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 I was very happy to be part of this big cast reunion. Yeah, um, cool. Well, look, thanks for listening. We'll be back. And don't forget to check out Vengeance when it is released in the UK on the 13th of July, Ross. 13th of July. I am Vengeance Retaliation. I am Vengeance Retaliation. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.